0: as like I stay up late and like nerding out on this stuff, you kind of realize it's like, oh, some of this stuff, it's not fully solved at all, but there are some of the stuff and the early steps are solved. And so, you know, I guess it just, if it's a tractable problem and we have the means to do our part for it, it's kind of irresponsible of us to not do it, I guess is, is our take on it.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for checking out EarthCare, the interview series that's dedicated to understanding the ways we can care for the Earth and each other. I'm your host, Sarah Christie, and I'm on a mission to make climate change an approachable and not so overwhelming conversation for everyone. On this podcast, we meet climate heroes, activists, experts, entrepreneurs, and get their take on how we can help save the planet. And during this episode, we're learning how to do that from a music industry perspective, specifically. A Record Label Ben Swanson is the co-founder and co-owner of Secretly Group, which since launching in 1996 has evolved into four record labels and a music publisher. This includes the original label, Secretly Canadian. It was founded in Bloomington, Indiana by Ben Swanson and his brother Chris. Eric Weddle, and Jonathan Cargill. During its early days, the head office was actually at Ben and Chris's house, where Ben has recalled spending months researching how to make a CD. Now, fast forward to today, where the label is now home to artists such as Phoebe Bridgers, Bonnie Vare, Major Lazer, and, this is so cool, my all-time favorite comedian, Tignataro. Secretly Group has identified sustainability as one of their core values, and because of that, they have a sustainable strategy in place. In fact, you can visit their website and read their very thorough and honest approach. In the latest IPCC report that was released in March, it stressed the dire need for climate action from all sectors. This conversation with Ben Swanson is such an encouraging example of, if your job isn't air quotes green, how can you make it green? Not only that, it combines the power of music, which just inherently has the ability to make anything seem cool and trendy. This week's conversation is also to celebrate World Record Store Day, which happens on April 22nd because Ben shares this really cool project that they're exploring with sustainable vinyl. April 22nd, coincidentally, is also Earth Day. So, what a fun way to combine both worlds. What is the process of making sustainability a priority? At a record label Ben like and for someone like myself who works in radio but specifically in the music department how do other music industry professionals fit into this sustainability puzzle here it is my earth care conversation with ben swanson ben swanson co-founder and co-owner of secretly group it is such a pleasure to have you on earth care because as someone who works closely with the music industry but from the radio side it's so exciting to see these new strides being taken that are ultimately going to benefit each other, the environment, and you know we do see these sustainable practices being made and integrated. But until I was introduced to Secretly Group, I hadn't seen such a layered and detailed approach to you know a sustainable mission. What initially made you want to integrate this sustainability um, strategy into Secretly Group?
0: Oh, I appreciate that. Um you know, sustainability has always been a core value of us since we started, you know, way back in the mid 90s. And um, some of it was kind of selfish from cutting down on waste because, you know, and just trying to pinch every penny you can when you're starting off a a small business. But you know, it's something that me and my partners always cared about. But, um, you know, for a long time, just sort of try to do the right thing and not overpress things and experiment with like recycled papers on our cds or lp jackets and stuff like that but it wasn't very it was never organized and then you know a couple years ago we decided just to get really organized we kind of just woke up and realized that you know no one else is coming no one else is figuring this out for us and so um you know we decided to figure it out insofar as we can on our own
1: when we had initially met you had said something that kind of stuck out in my mind um, about this process for you and you had mentioned that your consultant basically said that the impact that the business has in terms of a carbon footprint is a drop in the ocean in the grand scheme of things and that was interesting to me because that could so easily be used as like a cop-out right kind of wash your hands with it but instead you're plugging away with this so what is keeping this and motivating you to keep this a prior a priority
0: yeah it's a double-edged sword it's 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 easy to say like oh there's a penny on the ground i don't need to pick it up because it's not worth very much but at the same time it's sort of like that means it's um uh, that's a bad metaphor but uh that that also means that it's like from a hyper local problem meaning like with our company and ourselves it's a it's a tractable problem right like i can't go I can't go change the energy mix in Indiana where we're where where we're located, but like I can, there are choices available to us. To we we do have a choice of what energy we use, you know, through different offsets and all that. It gets a little heady, but there are there is choice out there. I think like the problem you hear it a lot is like um, a lot of the problem is it's just not easy to like these options aren't spoon spoon fed for for you, and so. Um, but, you know, as, as like, I stay up late and like nerding out on this stuff, stuff, you kind of realize it's like, oh, some of this stuff, it's not fully solved at all, but there are some of the stuff in the early steps are solved. And so, you know, I guess it just, if it's a tractable problem and we have the means to do our part for it, it's kind of irresponsible of us to, to not do it, I guess is, is our take on it.
1: So what has the process been like so far? I mean, I know you've been tracking for a few, you're tracking the footprint for a few years now, but, you know, when you think back to some of the wins or the learning curves, what has that process been like?
0: We have a really great uh, consultant to kind of help us orient our brain around um, how to think about it. You know, it's not just about using recycled materials and all that, um, and really thinking about what a carbon footprint means and so it's like a lot of education on that front and then it can get quite boring but it's like a lot of spreadsheet work trying to calculate your carbon footprint and um, we've been part of a group uh, with julie's bicycle trying to create you know be part of um, they're trying to create this carbon footprint calculator for record labels in the and the music industry and it's it's not quite there yet but it's on the path to getting there and so like i think we had we were sort of uh wanted to take action now and so it took a lot of spreadsheet work a lot it wasn't easy with a lot of the reports we had to pull a lot of the excavating of like travel that we've done and and stuff like that where we weren't tracking it in a uniform way necessarily and so it's it's just kind of digging through a lot of receipts and a lot of spreadsheets um to kind of get to that magic number and it's also like gets a little existential because that magic number isn't actually the number it's our best guess at that number and so it also gets really you know uh heady when you start being like trying to offset every single little atom and so you gotta like kind of let yourself off the hook sometimes too
1: totally that actually Um, leads me right into what I wanted to read um, from the sustainability report because it really stood out when I was uh, reading through the website so you wrote it is easy to become paralyzed but at the top of 2021 we made a concerted effort to take those first steps toward a more holistic approach along the way we quickly learned uh, two early lessons that we continue to hold in our mind we should not let perfect be the enemy of good and we should respect that it's an iterative process so hearing that now after you know a couple years into this how has that thought process been applied to this sustainability strategy?
0: Full disclosure, we haven't um, fully been able to calculate our travel our scope, travel footprint um, yet. We're still excavating our receipts and all that. And we do plan to offset that. Um, But like in 2022, we've been able to offset the majority of our scope three emissions um, and calculate our historical emissions. Um, And so we're formulating our plan on offsetting that now. Less the travel, mostly meaning our supply chain with um, our product and the shipping and everything that 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 goes along with it. Again, you're going through these spreadsheets and it's like um, you got to take these educated guess uh, uh, guesses because otherwise you're going to spend all your time trying to count every single little atom or molecule or whatever. And um, at a certain point, you got to good enough is good enough for now, and maybe we'll come back and be more perfect later. But like. You know really just trying to put one foot in front of the other and and go down that path yeah and yeah you know.
1: totally it's better than not trying at all that's what i uh, yeah so strongly believe so aside from spreadsheets and receipts what are some uh-huh. of the um practices that you have put in place to help reduce this footprint
0: you know we've been talking with our landlords um or and looking at the, our, our own buildings on how we can better, um, it's, it's all the kind of the end sexy stuff. Like what are our water heaters like? And what are our HVACs like? And what is our energy mix like? And the other thing that we're doing is, um, talking to a lot of our vendors, you know, um, like talking to Apple and Spotify and, and our vinyl manufacturers and our print vendors and all that. And there's like, with some of them, there's only so much agency that we have to change their ways, and they're kind of sometimes the only game in town, like they have to be our partner, you know, depending on what what, what relationship it is. But where we see our role in that is really in advocacy and, you know, whatever tiny little muscle we have, we're looking to try to flex it and sort of, you know, at least have that conversation with them. Because I do think that, you know, this conversation is happening more and more these days, but because it does, there is a decent amount of work involved along every step of the process. And it, you know, and there's not, there's not necessarily like the talent pool or like some of this, some of the stuff still being made up even amongst the sustainability crew, you know, it's, it's a new, still a relatively new field that like, I think it does take a continued conversation, you know, and some of it is technology changes. Like we're talking to a someone who's developing a piece of vinyl out of bioplastic and we're hoping to test that out really soon. And and so we're just trying to again it's trying to put one foot in front of the other and where we can affect change, we're looking to talk to our partners about them changing. So, so yeah. So
1: cool. On the website. Uh, I appreciate the glossary you offer because there are so many buzzwords that <laughs> yeah. it's so easy to get lost in in what someone is trying to communicate with you. So, from my understanding, you're working from carbon neutrality to carbon positive. What is the difference there?
0: It's pretty simple. Like carbon neutrality is a concept where you're offsetting every molecule of carbon that you're responsible for, you know, and and that can you can go down a rabbit hole of what you're responsible for, but that's it. Uh, positivity means you're offsetting at least one more molecule than what you put out there in the world, you know, ideally more than one more molecule, but it's, it's actually like tipping it from like zeroing it out to reducing the, the amount of carbon in the atmosphere from, from what you were responsible for.
1: So I know you kind of mentioned how you're working with a lot of partners in um, your own strategy here, but moving forward, what would you recommend, or what would you like to see more of within the music industry, whether whether that's from you know um, other labels or music publishers?
0: The thing that I would advocate for is I like we're not alone. There are a few other labels out there doing what we're doing, and um, and they're doing great work with it. But you know what I've seen is a lot of people in our community are you know worried about the climate problem, want to do their part, but they do get paralyzed with it, and it's why we were kind of inactive or at least ineffective on it for years and years and years because and it's, it's like, where do you start? It's such a, it feels like such an intractable problem. And uh, all I can say is like, just try to do the first step first. And even if that's like reaching out to me or reaching out to a peer that, you know, has been involved in it or whatever, to have the conversation that will actually you know, hopefully create a little bit of positive momentum, but like, you're not going to be, it's a journey. It's not like one thing where you calculate it all up and then you're done and you're, you're clean, you know, you're not, you're not really buying indulgences here. And so, um, I just, I think I, I see it a lot in the music industry where there's a lot of talk and I think the talk is really valuable, but, um, I think where I get impatient is like, at some point that talk has to convert to action. And and it is easy to get be like a deer in headlights and being like, I can't change this. And so just look at the tiny stuff that you are in control of and have the conversations with people that you feel like have are at least one step, if not a few steps ahead of you to see how you can either learn from them or how you can draft off of what they've learned. And that's something that I hope to do is like you know, I, I think we spent a lot of time on it and I'm certainly not an expert on it, but I'm we're a few steps down the road. And if I can help make those first few steps easier for whoever wants to come behind, I have infinite amount of energy for that.
1: You had mentioned earlier when you were talking about the work that's being done and said it was unsexy but I would argue that when it's when it's related to music it just naturally becomes cool. So I do think that um, it's just it's it's such a huge move what you're doing and I'm excited to see the influence it has within the industry and the innovation that you continue to cook up. It was uh, such a pleasure to meet you and have you on EarthCare. Thank you so much for sharing your time.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was nice to talk with you.
1: Thank you so much for checking out that episode of Earth Care and letting this podcast be a part of your day. Since you made it this far, here's a little sneak peek into the conversation we're having next week.
0: Youth, of course, are the people who are going to face the worst aspects of climate destruction and climate heating. It's their future. You know, so they're in the lead. They're the ones who, who, whose future it's about. They deserve to be in the lead. They are in the lead. They are taking action. Our job is to help them out and support them and, and, and provide support.
1: Until then, we can also connect online at Earth Care Show on Instagram and TikTok. Head there to give those accounts a follow. And hey, if you have time, leave a review, message me with a review. I'd love to know what's on your mind, what's been clicking with you, and what topic you'd like to learn more about. You can also write to me on the website, EarthCareShow.com. I'm your host, Sarah Christie, and the goal of this podcast is to get us talking about climate change. So, let's chat.